Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And you're now tuned in to Querying the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Um, yes, we're back for 2020. I'm Iris. I'm your host for the next hour. And definitely subscribe to 3CR. It's subscriber drive pretty much now um, as of tomorrow. And we need your support to keep going because 3CR relies on listener support and relies on subscribers. And another benefit of subscription is you can... Um, add your voice to the direction of the station um, and get on various structures of 3CR. Um, Yeah, so first I'd like to start off with an acknowledgement of country that I'm broadcasting over the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples here in Melbourne. Indigenous sovereignty was never ceded. Genocide is still ongoing on these stolen lands all across so-called Australia. And so is the resistance as well, as we've seen with Invasion Days drawing tens of thousands of people led by First Nations community members across this continent. Um, And I'd like to pay my respect to all Indigenous elders, past, present and future. Um, um, If you've never heard me on 3CR before, um, just introduce myself a bit been involved in querying the air for uh, must be like three or four years now um i'm a white queer white settler white queer trans person um live in melbourne and i'd like to also thank in psychedelia for the previous hour of programming too yeah and it's been a pretty big summer hey um unprecedented bushfires and unprecedented really just all along the east coast and also up into um kangaroo island and also in southwest wa massive fires and it's related to colonization and capitalism and these these systems we often talk about on querying the air in terms of that critical analysis that um has run through the history of this program um yeah that sort of came out of some movements against um institutions of injustice like police or pride parades that's some of the origins occurring there but i'm going to talk about that later um but first i'm because first i'm going to talk about what's today's program is going to be about it's going to be about bringing you some of the voices of dissent um in terms of a number of protests i'm going to be playing audio from a number of protests starting with invasion day organized by the warriors of the aboriginal resistance and other First Nation community members, massive protests of tens of thousands of people in so-called Melbourne. Um, amazing job, and we know um, amongst war, it's pretty much heaps of queer First Nations um, people, so shout out to all of them, organising that rally, amazing stuff. So I'm going to play some audio from the middle of the rally, um, and we know like 3CR broadcasters as well, um, in terms of, like, that was good to listen to the broadcast if you couldn't um, be at the rally. And you can listen to it back, you just go into 3cr.org.au and a bunch of the speeches are up there if you if you missed the rally. Um, 
amazing speeches, but in the middle of the rally, um, the rally went down Burke Street and it stopped at Burke and Swanston Street and we heard a number of speeches and it was, yeah, some amazing speeches touching on injustice and, yeah, so that's what I'm going to play for you now. And the first speaker is Sasha Edwards and introduced by Marie Kionis. Stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio. January 19th last year, my cousin, Jessie Edwards, went out for a good time with his siblings and was racially attacked. He was just standing there minding his own business and a woman walked up to him, spat on him and said, it's people like you, is the reason that girl is dead, referring to... Referring to that Israeli girl that was killed only days before. Um, She spat on him and then he pushed her away. As anyone would push anyone away if they spat on them. And then three men walked over and just bashed Jesse to death. Jesse, his brother was with him and he was trying to help him, but he was also knocked out at the same time. His brother is facing almost 35 charges and the men that killed Jesse are only facing assault and affray. And they've all got a $2,000 fine and nothing else is happening. And my family are just gutted. They don't know what else to do. They're just, I don't know, like in Swan Hill, I don't know what support they're getting. And it's just ridiculous. And it's, it's hard. And I, I also lost my own brother at the hands of a white man five years ago too and all I can do is try and support my cousins as much as I can. It's, it's hard and we're just... Thank you. Thank you so much. And a language warning for these speeches. And until 4 p.m. on Korean Year. Thank you. Thank you. Um, next up. <laughs> you don't have to. 
Um, next up, we have April Watson Day. Um, and April has been advocating and campaigning um, since her mother, Tanya Day, was killed in police custody in 2017. Here's April. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge uh, that we are standing on Wandjuri country and Bordurong country of the Kulin Nations. I want to pay respects to their elders past present. I also want to pay respects to my elders past present and I want to thank them for leading the way so I could be here today. And I want to thank them for welcoming me and encouraging me and supporting me on my journey and thanking everybody here today for their support. Um, so yeah, my mum was Tanya Louise Day. She was a proud Aboriginal woman. Her family's, um, her mother was from Kamragunja Mission and her father from Runakala. Yeah, um, mum was a beautiful, proud woman who also advocated and would be here at these rallies advocating for Aboriginal deaths in custody. So uh, back in December 2017, mum was travelling on a V-line train from Echuca to Melbourne. Um, during that time, mum fell asleep um, where she was awoken by a V-line conductor that deemed her unruly for being asleep. So, shame. Um, he solely made that decision to racially profile my mother, called the police where they removed her from the train and arrested her for public drunkenness. So, during that time, they had mum at the Castamine train station and they had, well now I can actually speak about it because the coronial is finished, but they had four police surrounding mum. Mum is not, was not a big woman, um, completely intimidating her and you could see from the video footage that she was clearly distressed. Uh, shame. They took mum to the Castlemaine police station where even then she was pleading with them for her release and that they would not do. They did call us but none of us were close enough and they said no matter what your mother's going to have to be in custody for four hours. So during that time that mum was in custody, within the first hour mum had had her catastrophic hit to the head which caused a traumatic brain bleed which is actually the cause of her death. So mum had multiple falls in that cell. They were meant to monitor her every 20 minutes, as that's what's in their police procedures, that they failed to do. They shame. From the moment that my mum hit her head on that cell, she laid on the bed and then she rolled on the floor to on the cold concrete floor to die, which they left her for over four hours. Shame. By the time that mum had left there, it was the last time that she was conscious and the only last time that we would ever be able to communicate with our mother. So um, it's been extremely difficult. Um, we finished up the coronial in November. And um, at one of the first directions here in the coroner had overshadowed and made a decision to abolish public drunkenness, which is a law that targets our people and has been recommended over 11 times at the Royal Commission to be criminalised. So if that law was criminalised back, uh, yet decriminalised, then um, mum could have still been here today. So um, it was pretty hard to just 
you know, have our people seen within that courtroom. Uh, for the first time in the nation, we had systemic racism included within a coronial inquest into an Aboriginal death in custody. So, yeah, it, it was a win for our family, um, but also for all the mob because it sets a precedent for other families that are going through what we're going through um, and hopefully that helps them be able to bring the truth out of what happened to their loved ones. So it was a 13, 14 day inquest and we had to watch that footage on repeat every single day while we sat there and questioned those racist police. The same police that let mum die on that floor. The same police that when they were asked if you would change anything knowing that Tanya Day would die, would you change it? And every single one of them said no. Shame. Knowing that my mother would die and that her grandbabies would be crying for her, they said that they would not change anything. Shame. So we're asking for the coroner to lay criminal to report them and lay criminal charges for criminal neglect because if it wasn't for them placing my mother in a cell she would be alive another thing that stood out for us was police investigating police how, how can police be investigating police this country was invaded it has been built on murder and genocide and then you're going to let the police investigate their own kind when they're out here killing our people. Shame. And you can see throughout every single statement, every single witness that stood on that stand, that there was absolutely no fault in their mind that what they'd done was wrong. And you could see from every statement that the investigation was completely flawed, it was biased, you could see that the police commissioner did not take any seriousness into the matter, didn't respect the coroner's court in any form, and the best they could do was put up witnesses that couldn't answer basic questions about systemic racism and bias within their police force. So, shame. Shame. They have police investigating police that are only getting a handful of statements. They've got police investigating police that aren't going back for a second report when they find a lie within the statement. They're not even interviewing civilians that were in contact with mum. What does that say when you have a police officer running that investigation? Shame. It's biased and it's unfair to our people. Uh, back in April, we had a vigil that was for the Aboriginal deaths in custody. At that time, it was 414 people that had passed. Right now, we're at 425. Shame. 425, I've seen reports of 435, but I don't want to quote on that, but how devastating is it that within not even a year, we've had another 11 of our people die and the police don't care, the government don't care. And the government have committed to abolishing public drunkenness, which they may think is so deadly, but if they had done that years ago, there'll be a lot more of our people here. And at the end of the day, that is a commitment. It is still a dangerous law for our mob and people of colour. It is not 
decriminalised yet. So we need to make sure that we remember that and to keep the pressure on the government. Um, it is the only way that we get justice and it starts with here. So I want to thank everybody. Um, as Mariki and other mobs said earlier, we're donating money for the Aboriginal Funeral Fund. So I've got a bucket, I've also got a card reader uh, for the followers that want to pay with card. So time to pay up your followers, pay the rent. Thank you. And that was some audio from Invasion Day 2020 in Melbourne. And you just heard from Riki Onis leading the chants before, and before that was April Day, and before that was Sasha Edwards. And on the call to pay the rent, us settlers definitely need to follow that call and amplify that message and put our resources into Indigenous sovereignty, funding and supporting, and in our, also in our complicity, providing solidarity with social movements to end these systems that are killing Aboriginal peoples. Um, and the funeral fund was one of the things that um, organisers were collecting to pay the, like, the pay the rent was going towards. And there's also, and you can check out the Warriors of Aboriginal Resistance's um, Facebook page for, uh, um, for some of the details. And there's also a collective called Pay the Rent Grassroots Collective you can find on Facebook and also at paytherent.net.au that is supporting um, the leadership of First Nations people to pay the rent. So next up for you, I am going to be playing a song and after that I'm going to be playing some audio from the Rainbow Rebellion's um, Saxcomo No Right to Discriminate rally held today. I'm going to play Thelma Plum Woke Blokes. in a sec. Um, I'll just go to uh, an announcement. Able-bodied Australia does not realise that people with disabilities across the board are being discriminated against. Then the government to demand that we go out and get a job without removing the disincentives like the lack of access to transport and community infrastructure, without providing accessible buildings that can provide barrier-free employment. I'm not getting a fair go and I don't like it and I'm saying so. You're listening to 3CR, 855 on the AM dial. Uh, I'm going to play a few Miss Blank's Skinny Bitches language warning for this track and for the show. Uh, 
these skinny bitches dumb, yeah, they know that. I fly high, I'm a mogul, yeah, they see that. Skinny bitches know me, turn the bone. Ass flat, there ain't nut, nothing to hold on. Yeah, he like it when he mix it with a thick chick. Cause she juicy and she wild, that's a real shit. All these skinny bitches check my credentials. Boss bitch, about to steal your man type shit, uh. But I get it, you be trying to hold it down. You're a skinny light bitch, you ain't never had the crown. The crowns are the baddest, the thickest, the hood bitch. Better step back, my space is the realest. You a bona fide sucker, you be fucking the masses. I'ma give you straight F's, skipping all of the classes. I'ma teach you that thickness 101. Like how to grow your asses, so you're the number one. Ha! You ain't fucking with a real bitch. You ain't fucking, you ain't fucking, you ain't fucking with a thick bitch. You ain't fucking with a real bitch. You ain't fucking, you ain't fucking, you ain't fucking with a thick bitch. Skinny bitches in my zone, baby, feed them. Skinny bitches in my zone, baby, feed them. Skinny bitches in my zone, baby, feed them. I'm the creme de la creme of the season. Yeah, I'm the one and only. The skinny bitches see me, but they still don't know me. I'm that bitch. You don't scare me. Thicker girls understand me. They rollin' through in they mini coops. But the ass is good with dice to soup. Big ass, big tits, big brains to boot. She ain't about the dottery, blue by you. Oh, I see you bum, Becky's, yeah, you finna get slaughtered. I knocked you off your block, yeah, I'm hard to ignore. The queen of Brisbane, yeah, she back for some more. I cut you down to size, leave you dead on the floor, yeah. I'm a son on you bitches like Evil Knievel. That shit is deceitful, my flow's unbelievable. But have you heard of that trans rapper blank ass thicker than a pocket, so she finna make bank? You ain't fucking with a real bitch. You ain't fucking, you ain't fucking, you ain't fucking with a thick bitch. You ain't fucking with a real bitch. You ain't fucking, you ain't fucking, you ain't fucking with a thick bitch. Skinny bitches in my zone, baby, feed them. Skinny bitches in my zone, baby, feed them. Skinny bitches in my zone, baby, feed them. I'm the creme de la creme of the season. I'm so sick of these woke folks living 
And that was Thelma Plum with Work Blurks, amazing artist by Gamilaroi Woman, um, based now in Brisbane, Mianjin. Um, I'm Iris, and if you just tuned in, you're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Um, we're just, today's theme is around protests, around dissent, and we're moving to the next protest now. Um, today, there's a rally held in so called Melbourne to sax Momo. SCOMO, I'm clearly very rusty in 2020, and to end the bill that gives, that further entrenches the right of bigotry and discrimination. And the rally started at the State Library with speeches, and it started with Annette Cerebus, um, Rundry Eldom. And I'm about to play that in a sec. 2020 technical issues. It's about equality. She's been speaking at the marriage equality rallies from the very beginning, and so it's fabulous to have such a hero as Annette here with us today. Thank you, Ellen. But we're, we're, we're here today because we're not going to let another human atrocity happen to gay people. What these religious groups need to realise is what they've done in the past. The stolen children. And not only the Aboriginal stolen children, but the white stolen children in the 70s. In the 60s, that they thought, in the name of religion, was right to take off the mother. That is wrong. Shame. That's right. And like today, if they get what they want through Parliament, and they get this religious bill through, then we no longer can be part of their religious group. Where does that leave my children, who are Roman Catholics, and who go to Roman Catholic schools? I'm Roman Catholic myself. Why don't we just look at what religions lately, allegedly, have been accused of? That's what's wrong. They're willing they're willing to let sex crimes be okay to be a member of a Catholic society. But when it comes to being gay, when it comes to love, they've got a problem with love. So I'm telling you now, it's not us with a problem. They've got the problem. It's all right to love. It's all right for equality. Remember how women were first treated in the religious sector. Women would have been seen and not heard. Women couldn't go in the pubs. Well, that's what they're trying to do to us now. We're not going to take it. We're here, right now, today, to say we're not going to stand for inequality or injustices. Because if they get this bill through, does that mean gay people can't work in religious schools? Does that mean our children can't go to their schools? That's an injustice, folks. Welcome to my country, and let's fight this one 
in the pits. Catch you later. Thank you, Annette. So, co-chairing this rally with me is Ros Ward, and as I said earlier, Ros Ward co-founded Rainbow Rebellion and the Safe Schools Coalition, and there's no one else I'd rather stand by my side fighting against these bigots than somebody who makes the bigots tremble, somebody that makes the Australian shake in their boots. So, I'd like to welcome Ros Ward. Well, earlier this week, um, there was a column by uh, Andrew Bolt in the Herald Sun where, where he described me as ubiquitous. So here I am again, Andrew. <laughs> How do you like me now? Not very much. That's okay, I don't like you either. So people remember the press conference that Scott Morrison held in December last year, just a few weeks ago, where he announced the second draft of this religious discrimination bill. And he gave that press conference in a cloud of bushfire smoke, on the worst day of bushfire smoke that Sydney had seen up until that point, and they are still seeing and breathing in poisonous, toxic smoke that Scott Morrison chose to ignore that day and continues to choose to ignore as he announced a bill that he described as for all Australians. Of course we all know this is not a bill for all Australians. It is a bill for the bigots. It is a bill that gives a green light to discrimination and it's an attack, in fact probably one of the biggest attacks that I have seen in my lifetime of being an activist for LGBTI rights. And it took people a while to recognize that. But this is the biggest threat, I think, for LGBTI people, and not just lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, asexual, queer, poly, fabulous, trans, etc. All of us and our friends and our family, for anyone who wants reproductive health services in this country, it's a threat to you too, and to me too, in fact, because I'm actually using some reproductive health services at the moment. So any decent person should oppose these bills, and it's nothing to do with religious discrimination and everything to do with prejudice. They have defined more clearly now in the second draft what they mean by these statements that are made in good faith by bigots, discriminatory, prejudiced, homophobic, transphobic, ableist, racist, in fact, anti-religious statements that you can make, as long as somebody else, as long as you make that statement in good faith and you can find one other person who could reasonably consider that statement to be in accordance with the doctrines, tenets, beliefs, or teachings of that religion. Lyle Shelton is waiting right there to be that person, you know? One other person to say that that statement is sort of to do with your religion and you can say whatever you want. But don't just take my word for it or the word of the speakers that you'll hear today. The Law Council of Australia, hardly a radical organisation, has submitted uh, to this feedback to the Commission looking into these bills or to the government 
and says that the Law Council continues to hold significant concerns about the bill due to its unorthodox features. Basically, they've made this bill unlike any other anti-discrimination bill. It's a special turbocharged bill for the bigots. In healthcare services, just to highlight a couple of specific things, we're basically looking at a bill, unless we can stop it passing, and we're going to fucking fight to stop this bill from ever passing. In healthcare, we're ready. In healthcare, what we're looking at here is the restriction or the end of life-saving and life-affirming services. If you live in a regional area in, in particular, and I'm very pleased to know that today is Geelong Pride and there's a lot of people who wanted to be here who are down in Geelong celebrating Pride. And of course, unlike what, um, what's his name, um, that crazy Queensland guy, politician, no, narrow it down. Um, no, who's up? Bob Hatter, that's the one. Bingo, you win a special prize. Remember when Bob Catter said there's no gays from the back end of Burke or something and he forgot to look at his grinder? Well, we all know there's plenty of LGBTI people in regional areas. Yeah, we do. I mean, I wouldn't go near him, but... But if you live in a regional or rural area, in all seriousness, and you have a medical professional who lives there who's religious, or they could make up a religion and just say, it's against my religion to provide these services, like PrEP for people who want to access PrEP, hormone treatments for trans and gender diverse people, and reproductive services, morning after pill, all sorts of things that are beyond a moral conscientious objection, they can just say now, we're not doing it. And we've seen in Torquay a surgery where there was a sign on the door with a list of services that one of those doctors says they will no longer provide and they feel confident to put that sign in their window. This is a bill that's about giving confidence to those bigots. And it's worth remembering where this came from because this all began in the very same month that we won a smashing victory in the postal survey and for marriage equality. And thank you to all of you who were involved in that campaign for marriage equality. Because we didn't just win, we fucking killed it. Hello. And it was at that point that they launched this commission to see if there were some problems for, about religious discrimination. And Scott Morrison, in 2017, don't forget, moved an amendment to the Marriage Act when we finally got it into Parliament. This is the wording of Scott Morrison's amendment. A man and a woman united in marriage with their children is a fundamental building block of human society, modelling for, for children the gender difference of the man and the woman. That's what Scott Morrison really thinks. Yeah, that's right. So we know if these bills are allowed to pass, it establishes a culture of fear, of silence, of bigotry. It puts gay teachers back in the closet. 
healthcare workers, it's an issue for all workers actually, that discrimination will be absolutely okay and people will feel confident to discriminate against us. So today we're here to tell the government that we will continue to fight to defeat these bills that we call bullshit on the fact that they're trying to pretend it's about religious protection. We call bullshit on the same people who whip up Islamophobia to now be saying they care about religious discrimination because in fact these bills will allow more Islamophobia and anti-Muslim prejudice. So I want to introduce the next speaker and there's been a bit of a shake-up in the green. And Janet and we'll actually move on further down to another speaker. And that speaker was Ros Ward at Rainbow Rebellion's rally to end the license to discriminate religious, so-called religious freedom bill that the coalition is putting before Parliament at the moment. And that was held today at 1pm at State Library. So we're going to skip ahead to a speaker called Lucas now. a blockade of the climate criminals at IMARC last year. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> As I said, it's the first time speaking, so give him a really big warm welcome to Lucas. Thank you. Uh, I want to talk a bit more about specifically what this bill would mean for trans people if it was passed. So most trans people um, are not strangers to discriminatory remarks. We've heard a lot of those things said to and about us. Um, and currently, uh, in some situations, those kind of statements are banned when they offend, insult, or humiliate people on the basis of gender, which I think is fair enough. Um, but this bill would only draw the line at statements that would harass, vilify, or incite hatred or violence against a person or group. So. Uh, according to this bill, inciting violence is still maybe a little bit too far, but humiliating trans people is totally acceptable as long as you have a religious justification for it. Yeah. So something that Roz mentioned already um, is the amendment to the Marriage Act that Scott Morrison has been trying to get through pretty much from the moment that we won um, the right to marriage equality, which is an amendment saying that a man and a woman united in marriage with their children is a fundamental building block of human society and that the, yeah, the parents are modelling for children the gender difference and complementarity of the man and the woman. Um, yeah, shame. So, you know, it's a pretty clear attack on same-sex parents and also it's on anyone who is gender diverse and gender non-conforming. Pretty much according to this bill, LGBTI people are inferior to everyone else and don't really even belong in or contribute to human society in the way that cisgender and straight people do. Something else Ros mentioned um, was the ways that this bill would allow uh, medical professionals to discrimi discriminate against vulnerable groups. Uh, so for trans people, the medical system is already pretty horrible to interact with. Um, and yeah, I think I've had better experiences than a lot of other trans people, but I've still had a fair few difficulties and instances of discrimination uh, while I'm trying to access healthcare. Um, so I was just thinking through a couple of ways that this bill 
could make things even worse for me just in one area of my current healthcare as a trans person. Um, so my doctor who prescribes my um, hormone therapy with this bill could decide just that they don't want to prescribe it and also that they're not going to refer me on to anyone else who can. Even if I did manage to get a prescription, uh, a, pharmacist, a pharmacist could refuse to dispense it and again, not tell me anywhere I can go to, to get access to it. Yeah. And then I also, a, a nurse helps administer my medication, so that nurse would actually have the right to just say, not, not gonna do it and not tell me where I can find someone who will. And that's just one area that's just accessing hormones. That's not even all of the healthcare I need as a trans person. Um, the bill does say that practitioners can only refuse services if they do so for all patients. Um, but like it's, it's, you know, they they just they think they can like trick us and make us think, oh yeah, it's fair then. Um, most people don't try and access like hormone therapy or puberty blockers. Um, or like gender affirming surgery, like there's, there's a lot of things there. It's very clear you could say, oh, I'm not um, providing these for anyone, but obviously it's only going to impact on certain groups of people. Um, yeah, well, lastly, I just want to have a look at what's probably the most blatantly disgusting and hateful part of this bill, um, that it could give legal protection to conversion therapy programs. Yeah. Yeah, literally, it, it is torture, it's child abuse, and under this bill, state laws that are banning conversion therapy could be overridden because they infringe on statements of belief. Uh, because, yeah, according to Scott Morrison, abusing LGBTI children is a statement of belief that deserves special protection. Yeah, um, yeah I've, I've mentioned Scott Morrison and the Liberal Party, but it's worth also saying that the Labour Party has not opposed this bill in any meaningful way. They initially said they would work with the government on it. Now they're kind of maybe saying, oh, we probably won't vote for it. But they haven't said anything like clear against it. Um, and, uh, sorry, lost my place. Uh, and, um, yeah, and they, like, they haven't denounced it when it's such clear and blatant bigotry. And we can't even ask them for like the basic thing of being an opposition party and actually opposing things that the government puts forward. So both major parties have made it very clear time and time again that they will never truly care about or defend the rights of women and LGBTI people. We have always won our rights by fighting for them together as ordinary people of every gender and every sexuality. That's what we did in 2017 when we demanded the right to marriage equality and that's what we were out here doing again today to let the politicians and the big religious institutions and all the rich and powerful people who want to oppress and control us know that Every time they attack us, we will fight and we will win. And that was Lucas speaking at Rainbow Rebellion Saxcomo No Right to Discriminate rally held at the State Library in Melbourne earlier today. You're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Later on demand at the same website, um, on digital radio, all the places. Um, and it's almost subscriber drive on 3CR. We need your subscriptions to keep community radio going. Um, we're a listener-funded radio station. We don't get much 
funding outside of listeners because we're the voice of dissent and apparently government naturally aren't going to fund that. Um, and I'm Iris. So next, in t- continuing on today's show's protest audio theme and dissent, I'm going to play some audio from um, the Stand Against Stand Against Racism rally on Friday outside the Department of Home Affairs. Um, there's been a big, like, racist moral panic over the coronavirus that we haven't seen when viruses originated in um, white countries and uh, members of anti-colonial Asian alliance, Melbourne Kulin Nations, really speak to this really well. Um, and you can read their statement fully online now. I think it's online. Um Yeah, so we're going to hear from Yanni talking about these issues. We're anti-colonial Asian alliance. We're a group of Asians that organise around solidarity... And there's a bit of heckling in this from a counter-protest. ...and refugees. This is a statement in solidarity with those affected by coronavirus, against racism, against xenophobia, against... Border violence. Now, I will read one paragraph in English. Mandarin. Over the past two weeks, after the past two weeks, we have seen and felt a rampant increase in racism against Chinese people and those who look Chinese. When we say, when we say Chinese, when we say Chinese, when we say Chinese, we hold space for many identities. Be it mainland Chinese, local and migrant Chinese here, Aboriginal Chinese, Malaysian Chinese, and so on. To be Chinese is cultural and possible in many different ways that we cannot pin down. While we call for solidarity with those affected by the coronavirus, we support people in Wuhan who are affected by coronavirus. We support in Wuhan and globally. We recognize the same. We recognize the same dehumanizing rhetoric and behaviors imposed upon Chinese folks in the name of public health and safety. So who, who's making these calls about public health and safety? The white public who serves and if served by the Australian government and the murder press, that's who. This new bout of old racism is not specific to the virus outbreak itself. If you consider the recent 250 years of history of these lands, but rather the virus has given people a reason to be outwardly racist. Sadly, we also see that some Chinese people have internalized this and distanced themselves from foreigner people. Here, we refer to organizations who have called on the government to stop international students and tourists from entering the country. There have been no cases of death of coronavirus here. Many deaths of influenza. This is a reminder for those of us who are Chinese migrant settlers 
who spent years and sometimes generations embedded within White Australia's Assimilationist Project. No matter how hardworking we are, no matter how successful, articulate or useful, we will never be white. No, but why should we appeal to an illegitimate colony, colonial authority that we are worthy? This is a reminder that we live on stolen, sacred Aboriginal lands. And we, as Chinese migrant settlers, must stand with First Peoples who have faced the brunt of ongoing colonial crime and continue to be the frontier of anti-colonial resistance. The Shenhua coal mine is being pushed ahead right now by Chinese capitalists, promising further destruction of sacred sovereign lands. It is our particular responsibility as Asian diaspora to call this out and to disrupt and weaponize our positioning for solidarity with indigenous movements. And that was Yanni from Anti-Colonial Asian Alliance Colon Nations Melbourne on last Friday outside the Department of Home Affairs. You can check out their statement on their social media. And so we're reaching the end of our show today on Querying the Air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm going to play a track for you. Um, it's Look At You Go by June Jones. Summertime I have 
And that is Look At You Go by June Jones. You're tuned into Queering the Air. Um, and by way of a short comment just before the end of the show, um, it's been midsummer and we've seen police march in the Pirate Parade again. And I'd like to draw listeners' attention to many counter-processes that existed in ver- on various years. And in 2012, there was a leaflet that was produced um, called No Pride in a Police State by earlier members of Queering the Air, and it's available on our Facebook page, and one section was entitled Police Racism is a Queer Issue. The ongoing effects of colonialism displace and impoverish Aboriginal communities, making Aboriginal people vulnerable to racist street policing. As public spaces are increasingly privatised, people who lack wealth are over-policed and excluded. And it goes on. Definitely check that out and remember that the ongoing history and struggle against police and the importance of showing up for communities most affected, including in queer community, um, Indigenous, Black, people of colour, show up in solidarity. Um, And two events I'm just going to quickly plug is Red Pocket Press's Queer Queer Lunar, Lunar New Year Party at on February 6th. Oh no, that's, that's the previous year's one. I'll get the right. We posted, we posted the actual dates on the Facebook, so check that out. Um, and there's prisoner letter writing workshops happening on Saturday, fifteenth of February at twenty eight D Ashley Street, West Footscray at IRL. Um, up next is Hip Sister Hop. Stay tuned for that, and stay tuned on Three CR Community Radio. I'm gonna go out with Vision by Electric Fields. See her in my mind. 
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.